What's up, team? I'm your host, Richard Hempel Jr. This is Transform the Game Podcast, where I do my absolute best to tackle aspects of ministry that deal with our relationships. A lot of times, what ruins relationships in ministry and in life is our ethics. It is the code we live by. One of the most important codes that I feel that you need to develop is how you handle relationships with colleagues and with your peers. It is often said that ministry is a lonely place, but does it have to be? One of the reasons I believe that it is lonely is because we oftentimes do not know how to work together. And with that being said, I'm excited to introduce my first ever uh, guest on the podcast, a brother by the name of Minister Chad Roseboro. Brother, how you doing, man? Man, listen, dog, I'm absolutely well, man. Yeah. Excited to be on here with you. <laughs> yes, sir. Sir. Man, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time, bro. For for the first couple minutes, man, introduce yourself, man, to the people. Who are you? Where you from? Um, what you got going on with your own personal ministry, bro? Man, it won't take long. I'm a nobody. Uh, but I'm like you said, I'm Chad Roseboro, senior, uh, proud husband, proud father, uh, minister of the gospel. Man, I'm from uh, North Carolina, Kingsmount, North Carolina, uh, to be exact. Not from Florida, but from North Carolina. That's I'm right. Excited um, to share with anybody. Uh, the goodness of Jesus and honestly man just uh, how he spared me and how he shapes me um, every single day man I'm uh, associate pastor over at Mount Calvary in Shelby, North Carolina yeah. uh, man and absolutely in love with ministry mm-hmm. um, I do a, a podcast of my own little side ministry uh, which is becoming uh, just the love of my life <laughs> right it's Thirst, Thirst Quench Ministry Thirst Quench Podcast Thirst Quench Thursday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thirst Quench Thursday <laughs> right um, but yeah man absolutely excited about what God is doing in that um, and yeah man just humble to be on here with you dog yeah yeah man let, let, let me tell y'all real quick about how me and uh, Chad met I was uh, interviewing for, for a job at Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Shelby, North Carolina man and uh <laughs> I still remember the day I'm getting ready to, to teach this lesson and I'm thinking I'm getting ready to wow these students. And then here comes a brother walking into the side door. I'm thinking, who who is this dude walking up on me like this, man? But I knew who he was, but I did not know how the vibe was going to be, man. A lot of times in ministry, you may not gel well with, with other ministers, man, and... and I think even for the, for the congregation, even for the students, they did not know how well me and Chad was gonna blend if we, if we were gonna bump heads, man. So, so for me, it was important to have Chad on this on this first podcast because what I want what I want to tackle is this thing between competition and cooperation. You know, I, I felt that um, with me being there and then with you still there, a lot of people thought that we were going to compete against each other you know um that at some point they might have thought that we would have <laughs> would have threw some hands at, <laughs> at each other you know to, to, to you know in, in the spirit but but i think that that spirit that 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 reality it is real um long story short man chad has become my absolute best friend you know you know what i mean like i talked to chad three four times a week if we don't hear from each other in, in two three days it's like Bro, what what did I do to you? To to what happened? You know, so exactly. So man, like like I said, bro, this is this is a real brother, man. To me, he was first um 
up here, but I think it was a conversation over wings. Me and him, we stood in the parking lot for quite some time afterwards, man. And, and since then, that conversation, it, it broke some boundaries. It, it broke through some walls. And, and we've been, we've been, <laughs> <laughs> we've been brothers ever, ever since, bro. So, so I, I want to pass, so I want to pass the rock to you, bro. Um, and I want you to tackle this uh, for a minute. Tell me, do you believe that competition in ministry do you think it exists and if it does is it necessarily a bad thing i think absolutely exists <laughs> i think uh, where we get in trouble at as ministers is being naive and thinking that it doesn't exist right. i think competition is absolutely necessary and it's <laughs> right. absolutely healthy um, but i think how you go about it and your heart mm. plays a, a big part in it because while I'm competing against Richard Hemphill, mm. um, I'm also pushing yeah. Richard Hemphill. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like this competition is different from sports. Sports is a win or lose. Yeah. With, with ministry, at the end of the day, if you're a preacher, if you're an evangelist, at the end of the day, they're either going to call you to preach or they're going to call me to preach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I got to feed my family. Yeah. <laughs> and I got to feed, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, so it's, it's, it's a competition whether we admit it or not. Do I love my fellow brothers and sisters in ministry? Absolutely. When you get on, am I cheering you up more than the next person? Absolutely. When, when I see another preacher, I'm their biggest cheerleader. Yeah. I think it's important that I'm hooping and hollering, say that, amen, mm -hmm. teach. You know, that's this, that's that's how we do it in the South anyway. Yeah. That's how I'm going to push you, encourage you, support you while you're preaching. But even it goes deeper than preaching, man. Like, if I can just be there for you anyway, mm -hmm. I'm going to be there for you. But am I competing against you? 100%. Like, when people name their top five preachers, yeah. I want to be on that list. That's if you right. don't make that cut, I'm sorry. Right. But I'm trying to... You should have worked hard. I'm trying to make that list, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should have worked harder. You should have studied harder. Yeah. I'm looking at Darius Daniels and saying, I'm a dog. Yeah. I'm going to eat whether you eat or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, man, I think I think it's, I think there has to be healthy competition. But mm -hmm. like I say, your heart and the means behind your competition mm -hmm. uh, is is really what you're saying. And, and then we really have to keep the word competition in context because when we hear competition in the good old United States of America, yeah, you know, that's us. We got to be first. We got to be on top. Mm -hmm. And if you ain't first, you last. Right. You know, you second, you're the first loser. And that ain't even the case. Yeah. You're saying competition is I'm going to push you while pushing myself. Right. If I can push you and make us both better, then why wouldn't I do that? If I'm not doing that, then I'm not calling myself a friend to you. And with us being best friends, I'm checking every day how the book coming. Yeah. How ministry coming. Yeah. I heard you preach at a youth service the other day. Mm -hmm. Did you kill it? Right. You know right. Like it's it's gotta be like that. If you get on the phone and you like, well man, I did and my first question, did you prepare? Yeah. Yeah. And if you didn't prepare like now, you know, that's the conversation we're gonna have because it's burden this task that we have as being preachers is something that we have to take it serious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it ain't just um, that one message that we stand up and preach could change somebody's life. Yeah. And if you miss that moment, yeah. shame on you. Because it can change their eternity too, bro. I, I, yeah. I don't think that we think about that. And I think that it's selfish for me not to push you. It, it's selfish for me not to want to see you be the best that you can be. There's no way that you can be on the championship team and, and them not push you to be the best that you can be. And, and a lot of times in ministry, I think we just over-spiritualize. We want everything to be so nice and so friendly and, and you know don't compete and don't push just, just do the best you can no I, I don't want to do I, I don't want you to do the best you can I want you to do I want you to be the best 
Period. You know, so I, I think that we that's, are missing that's, that. That's the, that's the difference in the Charlotte Hornets yeah. and Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. Yeah. yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? The, the, the Charlotte Hornets, they have pretty practices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michael Jordan don't even come down to their practice because, in his words, he probably can still beat them. Yeah. No, sir. Right. No way, shape, form, or fashion are you going to open up your mouth and say that you can beat me yeah. and say that you can out preach me. Mm -hmm. My mentor, uh, Dr. John Adolph. Mm -hmm. Do I think you can out preach me? If I say yes, then I ain't doing myself just. I'm bringing to the table with whoever I'm preaching mm -hmm. for, and you know, uh, in that atmosphere, man, like you gotta bring it. Yeah, you have to bring it. I, I think I, I believe even when um, Paul puts it in, even though he's not talking about about that specifically, when he talks about how um, the hand or the foot won't say to the hand, "I have no need of you," and the foot. You know, and the hand can, can't say to the foot, I have no need of you. I believe that if you are another foot, if I'm a foot and you're a foot, I need you to be the best foot that you can be. I think that when, I will never look at, if I'm a foot, I think we have to put it in context with this. I'm not competing against against a hand, basically. If you are an evangelist, that's not my lane. That's not what I do. I can push you to a certain degree, but that's not my lane. But... If me and you are the same, if we're operating in the same gifts, like teachers, I'm drawn to teachers. So to me, I'm competing against teachers. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to hoop. I'm not trying to holler. That that's your lane. But I still want you to be the best that you can be. You know. So, so yeah, yeah. But also, I, I think that there's another flip to it as well, or, or the other side of it is this: is we have competition and then we have cooperation. How how do how does that play to you? How, how do we make that distinction between competition and cooperation in ministry? I think it goes hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, while you are competing in a healthy form, um, there also has to be cooperation because we got the same common goal. Yeah. Like our same goal is to help a preacher help a preacher. Our yeah. same goal is to bring as many people as we can uh, to the kingdom to build the body of believers best we can as long as you're in your lane and mm -hmm. I'm in my lane. Mm -hmm. We're going to the same destination. We may get there at different times. We may see different traffic mm -hmm. along the way, but as long as we're in our lanes, and I feel like that is cooperating. That's the ultimate mm -hmm. um, cooperation, man, is being able to travel on the same road. Right. And me not cut you off because I'm in my lane. You not cut me off on my lane. But everybody that we're bringing on along with us mm -hmm. is able to travel that same journey, man. If we're not, traveling that same road, then we got to reevaluate ourselves and say, what is it about me where other ministers can't work alongside me? What is it about me where I can't humble myself and be able to serve under somebody, serve with somebody? Yeah. Um, when that happens, man, you know, that's then that's when competition becomes unhealthy yeah. because then it's me against you, period. Right. You know right. saying? Not for the glory of God, but it's me against you, period, for my glory. Mm -hmm. And that's where we hit the wall at. And I, and I, and I you know, um, what came to my mind was those dudes who be in the gym and they only work on their arms and you know they, they have these big top halves but their legs are weak and I look at people in ministry if you're not doing what you're supposed to do I'm trusting the legs to be legs you know so if it comes down to it I need you that when you pass me the ball Rick he's the hands he knows exactly what to do with his hands but if my legs aren't in shape my legs haven't been working out if they're not trying to be you know, if they're not trying to grow, if they're not in the gym each and every day, then then you do a dis you do you do a disservice to the body. 
You know, so now when it comes to the competition or when it comes to, to the goal that we're trying to reach, we can end up being disqualified because everybody wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. You know, so even if we look at the body of Christ or we look at the organization of churches and leaders and ministry teams, bro, how many of those teams you just have very big arms but your legs are weak? Meaning your, your evangelism right. team is weak. Your hospitality ministry is weak. But you got some bad preachers. But after that, yeah. when, when we put them to the back, they don't know what to say. You can't close the deal, right. you know? Right, right, right. That's like when, you know saying, David was blinking from Saul. Saul could not get it through his head. Yeah. That this guy right here, you got to learn to appreciate this guy right here. Mm -hmm. But I, I applaud David so much in how he honored him regardless. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, even when he had the opportunity to, to kill him when he was relieving himself, right. David still honored him. Yeah. So that shows a certain amount of humility, man, that, that, you know, regardless of what race, no matter how you do toward me, no matter how you view me, no matter how much you disrespect me, I'm still honored to a certain degree. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I believe that we, we just honor our gifts. We honor our, you know, we are, we honor our function and our, um, our part in the body by, By just doing what we're supposed to do. I, don't, I really don't think it's that simple, man. But I believe that the church is so used to um, being hinged or, or being dependent on just one person. A lot of times in ministry, really it's just a pastor who, who carries everything. You know, they're, they're, they're expected to be the hands. They're expected to be the feet. They're expected to be the arms. You have 10, 12 ministers on the road. And none of them can can do anything, you know. So, so how in, in your in your mind, how how will we address that in ministry? How what what would be the approach that you take with a pastor dealing with something like that? You have ten to twelve uh, members of the body, but they're paralyzed in a sense. They're not working in mm. a sense, you know. I think I think. Honestly, you can take that senior pastor and let them look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. The ones who are carrying that load like that mm -hmm. look like they're carrying that load like that. Mm -hmm. um, show them some statistics, man. Like the lifespan of pastors doing all that is what, four years? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? How much do you get away? You know, I was talking to a senior pastor one time, I think in Gastonia, I was doing this revival, man. They said he hadn't had a vacation in seven years. Like, I please preached every Sunday yeah. for seven years. So you've not gotten away from church one time with your wife. You've not gotten away from church one time with your kids. You know, you've not gotten away from, you have vacation time on any other job. Yeah. And any other job, whether it's corporate America or McDonald's or whatever, when the general manager is away, when the CEO is away, mm. there's people in place to run that company yes. while they're gone. Yes. Like, for, like for instance, this week, I'm, I'm on vacation for my job. This whole week is mm. my anniversary. There's somebody in place to run my job while I'm not there. You know what I'm saying? To me as a supervisor, to me as a senior pastor, if you have those people, catch this, if you have those people who are able to do it, mm -hmm. that's the difference in having 10 people who are paralyzed who walked in front of the truck. Yeah. And that's the difference in having 10 people who are paralyzed because you ain't allowed in the wall. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if they're, they're self-destructing, then that's different. But if you got 10, 12 people are 
if you got four people yeah. in your lineup who are able, who are willing, who are just waiting on you to mm -hmm. delegate that, yeah. then you have to be responsible enough. You've got to be secure enough, catch that, yeah. secure enough yeah. to be able to hand the ball off. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing I love about LeBron. Yeah. LeBron ain't always going for the dagger. He's not always going for the shot. LeBron's working. He's watching. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like last night, he was driving the ball to the hole. He looked up and saw who? Saw Anthony Davis wide open, yeah. boom. So yeah. instead of me taking that shot, mm -hmm. I see you wide open. I trust you enough trust. to do your job. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing. They got to trust enough to be able to delegate um, and to be able to step away so that they can recharge. And you know what, bro? Recharge. Even if AD misses the shot, trust them again next time down the court. Sometimes in oh, ministry, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we give people a chance one time to, to get up there and do a, a job. And because they fumbled over the scripture or they said the wrong word for, for you know, job or job, you know, then you, you, you sit down for the they're whole done. You're done. done. Never yeah. again. There, there's no, I'm not going to say that there's no grace, but but a lot of times we, we take it like that where those who sit on the bench, in a sense, you get one opportunity and you and you have to rock it. And then I think pastors or, or those who want to be up next, they feel that pressure that I don't get to speak often, so I have to show up. I, I have to, I have to preach. I, ha I have to put on this show, and then that does another disservice to the body. If, if LeBron took it down the court every time and tried to dunk the ball every time, he'll be at, he'll he'll be done by midseason. You spent all your energy. So sometimes in ministry, if we don't look down the long haul, if I see that I have Chad Roseboro on my bench and he is an aspiring pastor. And I said, you know what, I got three years with this guy. You know, I have two years with this guy. It is my job to develop this guy over the next two years. How many? 104 Sundays I have with him to get him ready mm -hmm. for that next season. Sometimes we just, it's, I'm not going to say just an African-American church, but sometimes we just play it too, we play it Sunday by Sunday. Go ahead, bro. This is the thing, bro. Um, and I know that you're a gamer. I know that you're a gamer. And when you're playing my career, mm -hmm. in order for you to get at that starting lineup, you got to do what? You got to show your tail off in the weight room. Mm -hmm. You got to show your tail off in practice. Mm -hmm. You got to make sure you're building in every area. I think as young preachers, young preacher, hear me right now, Sunday morning is not your game time. Yeah. That is your senior pastor's game time. Yeah. yeah. Talk to your me, job is Monday through Saturday, mm -hmm. Monday through Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every single day. You know, you got to be doing something. You got to be in the weight room. Mm -hmm. You got to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, if you do aspire to be that pastor, then you need to list up a sick and shut in. Yeah. You need to be making a phone call, checking on them. Mm -hmm. You need to be, when COVID's over or before COVID got here, you need to be visiting some people in the hospital. Mm -hmm. You need to be yeah. going to some nursing homes. You need to be checking some, mm -hmm. some ball, ball games out, so on and so forth. It's much more than Sunday morning. Even for the senior pastor, Sunday morning is 10%. Yeah. So if you're doing all the work, up into that, like like they say in practice, it's like if you practice perfect, mm -hmm. eventually during the game, right. it's going to show up. So if you're preparing, if you're studying, if you're praying, mm -hmm. when you get to Sunday morning preaching, when the knees stop shaking, you stop getting nervous, right. what you've already learned in that word, that's why that's why you have to beat yourself so much, man, because your cup's got to be overflowing. Mm -hmm. So that even on Sunday mornings when you're empty, your cup is still full. Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who am I talking to? <laughs> Apologize to our listeners that interview got cut short due to some technical difficulties. But I want you to do me a favor: follow Minister Chad Roseboro Senior on Instagram for sure at Chadrick Roseboro Senior. That is C H 
A-D-R-I-C-K-R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O-S-R. And check out check out his podcast, Thirst Quench Thursday on all streaming platforms. Listen, I'm your host, Richard Hempel Jr. This is Transform the Game Podcast. That's the buzzer. Game over. See you next week.